Welcome to another podcast from the Burlington Congregation of the Church of God International. You can find out more about CGI Burlington on our website at cgiburlington.org. Glad to be here. Thanks for the invitation, uh, Adrian. Yes, we've. I'll tell you what he did. He was accusing me of being a chicken back in March. No, not really. Oh, you don't want to come up when it's cold, huh? You want to wait till it warms up a bit. So, uh, yeah, probably. But it's really wonderful to be here and to uh, see all of you. Looking forward to the opportunity to to um, meet those of you and, you know, get to know each other. Uh, one thing I really have believed over the the years is that I and I've been in the church since I was five I'm 61 so you can do the math but uh, the one thing I have really cherished in all those years is that we make friends that will be friends forever in the body of Christ you know I look out at you beautiful people the children of God and his people and uh, and I, I say, God, what will we look like when you have perfected us? I mean, I, you know, when you guys are in your glorious state and you have your job and the, the work that you will do for him, it will be an awesome time. So we're, uh, we're all in this together, and it's really great to be here. Ladies, that was very beautiful music, great harmonies, uh, and what a tremendous message. So thank you for that. Um, we will have Q&A later, so you can you bombard me with whatever, you know, comes to mind. Uh, Adrian, if you don't mind, I, I, I just have to comment on his uh, sermonette. That is the core message for us. It really, really is. Uh, I believe that is the core message. It, is really, it, it really, I, you know, that, that understanding, and I'll just read one other scripture. You could have added many, but this one puts the be and the do together. So, uh, if you don't mind, James, if you'll turn over here to James chapter 1. It says, but be you doers. Be you doers of the word and not hearers only. There was a time in my life that I believed that knowledge was so important that I had to know how to explain all the doctrines. I had to know how all that book of Revelation went. I had to be able to put all those seals in the right order and know all that stuff in Daniel about, you know, how how all of that was prophetically taking place. And there came a point when the light bulb went on. It says, you know, it isn't about that. It's about what we do. It's who we are and what we do uh, that really matters to God. Yes, we should grow in grace and knowledge. That is what is that that. But but what does he really look at from you for for from you and me? but that we are doers of the things that he teaches, that we are doers and practitioners of the great things that he has uh, called us to do and to be. So uh, that is a really tremendous message, bigger than we can even fathom, I think, uh, that, that concept. So how many of you are moviegoers? Okay, I'm not either, so that's right. Uh, there's a movie out recently. Uh, I'm going to talk about the subject of enduring, endurance. Anybody see The Revenant? That is a, well, you know, I won't tell anybody they have to go see a movie. If you haven't seen that movie, 
when you do go see it, make sure you bring a jacket because it's pretty cold. I mean, you just feel cold in that whole movie. Uh, the story is based on a, or the movie is based on a true story of a uh, of a fur trapper by and a mountain man by the name of Hugh Glass. Uh, Hugh Glass in history uh, has been one of my favorite characters because of an incredible, uh, and I know we were talking, there's, there's a lot of incredible acts of survival, but go read the story of Hugh Glass. And what, what I want to talk about today in endurance, uh, in 1823 on a, a fur trapping expedition up into um, what we in the U.S. call South Dakota up on the Platte River, they were, there was about 100 of these trappers uh, up, you know, on a, they worked for a fur company, and they were, they were trapping and hunting and fishing, and Hugh was one of, the, he wasn't much of a trapper, but he was more of the hunter, guide, um, mountain man side of things, and as he was out uh, actually hunting food, he made the mistake of coming between a sow and her two cubs, and he was mauled. And I'll just, this is just a brief overview. So the movie is about this, uh, but that Hollywood, you know, adds a lot of things. But the whole, the whole thing is he, he uh, was not supposed to have lived a day, but he lived a day. He wasn't supposed to have lived a week, but he lasted a week. Well, after a week, the, the group had to head back, so they left two, two of the uh, entourage to watch over him until he died because he was going to die. Guess what? He doesn't die. And due to the fact that, that a ban- uh, uh, some Arikara Indians were moving up on them, the two guys that uh, are watching him, they threw a bear rug over him and took his rifle, water, knife, all his weapons, and left him. And the story of Hugh Glass is that he comes out of his coma he is mauled beyond belief. He has a broken leg, which he sets himself, and incredibly survives and crawls and finally hobbles his way back 250 miles to Fort Kiowa over a period of months. That is an, that's just an incredible story of endurance, perseverance, and um, uh, survival. It's really, a, it, it's if for the Old West, that's the story that everybody told. Even the Indians told of, the, of this guy who survived and did all this. Uh, and, you know, he had some other skirmishes. And anyway, I won't, I won't, I won't uh, cover any more about that. But put yourself, just for a minute, put yourself in his shoes. You wake up, you're mauled. You have no weapons, no water. It, it, it was September, so you can imagine it was pretty cold, and you've got wounds all over the place. What would you do? Um, what would you do? And would you endure? Would you have the tenacity to make it like he did? Well, I, I asked that question because... Um, in my sermon today, I want to give some credits. First and foremost, I think we should do this as uh, as ministers. That uh, I'm getting some information here from uh, the dictionary. 
Uh, I'm also getting some information from uh, God. I'm actually going to be plagiarizing and reading his book today. He has no problem with that, thankfully. And then I also want to uh, give credit to Ron Dart uh, in a message he gave uh, at one time in a book that he wrote called Staying Power. And a lot of what I'm talking about is, you know, is, is going to be based upon that. But what does it mean to endure? Why should we? What's the point? What's the point? Well, let's, let's read something over here in Matthew chapter 24. Why should we? And it might be more important than we think to have the ability to endure. Verse 13 says that he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be what? Saved. He that endures until the end, the same shall be saved. The definition of endurance is the ability to do something hard and difficult over a short period of time, over the long period of time, over the long haul. That's what it is. It's the ability to deal with pain and suffering and trials and tests over a long period of time. That's what endurance is. Uh, it's to the ability to last under strain. And anybody going through any trials? Anybody got any tests? Really, Scripture has a lot to say about, about this topic. Because we, as God's people, I believe, need to really develop the ability to endure through whatever comes our way. What do, what do you do when you've already done everything you can do? What do you do? Uh, what do you do when there is no way out? When you you know find yourself in a corner, what do you do? What do you do when you are sick? Let's say you have cancer, and the doctors have said they can do nothing further. What do you do then? What do you do? Maybe you are suffering a severe trial and there's no relief in sight. All of us, I, I believe everybody, everybody in this room fights a battle. Am I right? Anybody fighting a battle, raise your hands with me. We're all fighting battles. And sometimes we find that there's no relief in sight. Sometimes there are health issues. I mean, we were, the prayer requests. And by the way, the prayer requests for here are in every congregation. We have need of prayer for one another because many are suffering. What happens when you've made every effort and you've, you know, taken every option and that's all you can do? What do you do next? What do you do? Well, let's, we've read this here. Uh, let's go back here in this chapter and, and, and pick up here because verse 3 says, he, As he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of your coming in the end of the world? Wouldn't we love to know all those questions, the answers to all those things, right? We want to know all that. We want to know the answers. And his answer was this. He said, Jesus said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. So there's warnings here. He said, For many will come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. He says, And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled, for these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Now, 
do we see any signs of wars and rumors of wars? Do we see maybe that, you know, there, and we want to, we want to throw in a lot of scenarios. I know uh, we've, we've done this. We see it. We see this. He says, for nation shall rise up against nation. We read that here in verse seven and kingdom against kingdom. And he says, and there'll be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. He says, all these are the beginning of sorrows. And then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted. What? You mean we're going to have trouble? You mean we're, we're going to have maybe mental anguish and we're going to have to deal with some things? Really? And it says, and they shall kill you. And you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Hmm. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And, you know, there, we, we, do we see any hate around us? Uh, we've even seen, in my estimation, hate amongst brothers and sisters in the body. And, and, wow, we need to heal that. That needs to be healed. Many false prophets will arise and shall deceive many. And he says, because, the, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many waxes cold. And love of many waxes cold. And then what we just read, verse 13, once again says, but he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. That's the most important thing that he could have read. So when you have directly confronted your difficulties and you find you are at an impasse, when you are in a trial and a test and you don't see a way out, there is one more thing that you can do. And we're all going to face these things. We can endure. And we have to endure. Uh, we have to recognize that it is that which endures, or that which endures, guess what? It lasts. Uh, I read, what I read here is that unless we have the ability to endure, if we don't have it, then we, says, those that endure are saved. What if we don't have the ability to endure? Do you have the ability to endure whatever comes your way? Will you be those, will I be those, who will not quit or give up when things get rough? Uh, I've had interesting, uh, my granddaughter wanted to drop out of math because she was having difficulty. And we, uh, so we, we had a long talk about that. And... Uh, what we what we had to help her finally do because she didn't want to do homework she was discouraged and we went and talked to the counselors and the principals her mom and me and uh, and her grandmother my wife and what happened is we ended up uh, thankfully getting a different teacher whom she teaches differently and she she learns differently from this teacher and guess what she loves math now. But she was wanting to give up and, and not finish that. Any kids ever feel that way about class? I felt that about a music appreciation. I hated that class. But I had to endure. I didn't drop out. Kathy, did you like a music appreciation? Yeah, you would. You would have. Um, but we can't quit or give up. Because those who are going to be saved are those who have developed the ability to endure. In the end, we must be those who win. Each of us must be those who win. 
We must be those who, uh, not because we're bigger, not because we're smarter, not because we're greater in any way, but we have something that others don't have, that our enemy doesn't have, and that is the ability to endure. Now, that's a, that, that is a constraint. It's really strange that when you think about it, that our Christian lives are so intertwined with pain, right? Um, we, we, we encounter a lot of difficulty in our Christian walk. And there's a lot of pain and sufferings and trials. I mean, and I'm, and I'm in our normal life. Jennifer, you just went, it's difficult losing your aunt. Uh, and by the way, I, I, I sympathize with you. I know that pain and I know that difficulty. We had Kim's mom with us for about 10 years with, with Alzheimer's. And that is so, so painful, so hard. That's not easy to go through. We, that is not a difficult, I mean, that is a difficult situation. It's not easy. But, you know, life is hard. Anybody here think life is easy? I thought life was pretty easy as a kid. But then when you get out, you realize life is not easy. Life has challenges. We're all challenged. Uh, you can write this down. I'm not going to turn there. 2 Timothy 3.12 says, All who live godly shall suffer what? Persecution. Trials. We're all going to, ha- to do that. We all suffer. Look, we all deal with the loss of friends. Uh, is there anybody here that's not vexed about all the political things that go on and the political correctness and the direction that the world is going? Uh, we're all vexed with that. We have physical and we have spiritual struggles. We have difficulties. And uh, this is just to name a few. You could enlighten me, I'm sure, on, you know, different difficulties and situations that you face and that you're going through right now. And there is no way, frankly, of escaping the hardness that we go through of life. Guess what? But here's the thing about it. Guess what? God said that those who endure are the ones who will be saved. He is the one that has chosen this path for us. I wish it was some, maybe some way, other way, but he hasn't done it. He's decided this is the life. These are the things that we have to go through, and this is the life he wants us to lead, the ability to endure. The ability to go through trials and tests. The ability to grow and overcome and to, to suffer things uh, like that. I have a story I've got to tell you. Um, this is a personal story. Uh, I don't expect too many of you might have ever seen this movie, but there was a movie back, um, I don't know if it was in the 70s or 80s. It was a, any John Wayne fans here besides me? There was a movie by John Wayne called The Cowboys. And this was a movie of... of um, of John Wayne taking a bunch of kids, young boys, on a cattle drive. And they were greenhorns. They didn't even know how to cinch a saddle. They didn't, had no way of knowing how to herd cows. And they had never, you know, they had never been away, you know, from home on a long extended trip. So, anyway, I, I mention that because uh, in my youth, from about the age of 13 through 19, uh, we uh, we had a gentleman in the church out in California who uh, was a teacher, so he had summers free, and he took all those boys backpacking. And I remember the first year, we were so excited to go, so excited, first time we'd ever done that, and we made all of the mistakes that you can imagine. We were greenhorns. We did not know how to pack. So, you know, we, we went down to the uh, store and bought Campbell's Soup, and, you know, we bought all this stuff that was extremely heavy. And 
so uh, we had like 90-pound packs, uh, and, you know, and then we had to cut down because that was too much because we couldn't carry it. So we get going, and we're on a 10-day trip, and about day three, we're, we're at a pass, Crabtree Meadows, and that night it stormed on us. And as kids, we just had these little tube tents. You know, we got them at Kmart or Walmart, and they were plastic, open-ended. You run a rope through it between two bushes or two trees, put rocks on the corners, and you have a tent open-ended. Little did we know anything about wind and rain. And so that night, in the middle of the night, we had a tremendous storm, and the winds blew, and things were whipping, and water was blowing in sideways, and we got soaking wet. And, and, you know, we're holding on to, imagine this, 13 years old, I'm holding on to the rope in the tent up here, you know, water's running down my arm, into my, you know, coat. Um, It was cold. We were up about eight or nine thousand feet, and it was uh, it was it was a an experience. So then, of course, the next morning, you know, we we wake up and you know we're all, we finally get to sleep and we wake up and we have our sleeping bags are wet and we have to you know dry them out and then we try cooking pancakes and burn them because uh, we didn't know how to cook. We were greenhorns. We didn't know nothing about nothing when it came to backpacking, but we began to learn. We began to learn. Kind of like um, in this movie of John Wayne, these boys begin to learn. And in, in the movie, he ends up getting uh, bushwhacked and killed. And they bring this herd of cows over to a you know a, an incredible journey into you know they come into probably Kansas City or wherever the depot was. And here are all these little kids, you know, and they're herding these cows. And people are looking. How do these kids know how to do this? And they were able to develop and learn. And we, we, when that trip was over for us backpacking, we had, for me personally, it was one of the best things that ever happened to me. Because that night, up there on that mountain, I'm holding on to that tent and I'm saying, Mommy, where are you? <laughs> and Mommy was nowhere around. She was hundreds of miles away back in warm Texas, uh, warm California, down in the you know, in Bakersfield. So, uh, and we learned through that, and we learned through the difficulties that we that we went we went through. Um, over here, and so you say, what does this have to do with anything? Well, turn with me over here to Second Timothy chapter three, because I believe this is such an important thing for us to develop. If we haven't already developed it, if we have developed it. Blessings to you and help others to develop it too. The ability to endure difficulties. In 2 Timothy 2, verse 3, says, You therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. That's an instruction to you and me. I believe that that's, kind of, that's a military term, right? Endure hardness as a good soldier. And I think that's fitting because who are we soldiers for? Jesus Christ. We are the army of God, are we not? We are the army of God. Because one goes, you know, if you've ever been military, may I see the hands of those that have served the military? Oh. Okay. 
For those who serve in the military, there is a thing called boot camp and training where you put in countless hours of training and hours and hours and you do things and you think, this is stupid. Why do I have to do this in training for war? And you think it's stupid until war comes. And then you realize that the training you've received helps you. I believe that's the same for us. That's why he says that we are soldiers. Endure hardness as a good soldier because uh, we are in training. And things are difficult sometimes. You know, why must we suffer and go through all these trials and tests? We don't like our training sometimes. Anybody here not like their training? God said this is the way we do it, though. He's, he's taking us this way. And uh, there are times when we as Christians realize this one thing through trials and tests. And when we re- recognize this, then I believe we are beginning to comprehend what it means to endure, and that is that we recognize we must last. We must endure. Think about Hugh Glass. He had a driving desire to survive. Do we have a, you know, a, a driving desire to last? Because we recognize at the end is a goal so incredible we can't even imagine it. The kingdom. The kingdom of God. Continuing to read here, he says, No man that wars entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. You know what that means is there are times in life when the things we want to do and the direction we want to go in life, God says, can't do that. And he redirects us. And he moves us in a direction. Sometimes we don't like that. Sometimes we fight that. Sometimes we don't really enjoy that. If a man strive for the masteries, yet if he is not crowned, except he has strived lawfully. I'm just saying that the lawful thing here, when it says striving lawfully, is we have to learn to endure through the trials and the difficulties that we go through. We could read on, you know, down there. I'll tell you what, there's two individuals I want to talk about in Scripture that are, the, to me, the epitome and example of those who can endure. One is the Apostle Paul, and the other is our Savior, Jesus Christ, because they really set the bar high. They set the bar high for us. Turn with me over here to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. If you think that your difficulties and trials are greater than what we're about to read here, then please write them up, and I will publish them in the international news. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, the Apostle Paul here, he, he, it says he kind of boasts. Uh, I don't think that's really it. I think Paul was saying, telling us there are things he was willing to do and go through for, for the truth. And he says, I'm willing to do this. You know, what are we willing to do? He says in verse 23, are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more in labors more. Now, notice this is Paul. I'm just going to read now through uh, verse 29 here. So verse 23. So in labors more abundant. Notice this in stripes above measure. In prisons more frequent in deaths often of the Jews five times received I 40 stripes save one. I think he had any scars. 
Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Ah, and he was left for dead. Remember that? Uh, Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeyings often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers. You know, and if you if you were like the apostles and the disciples, they you know in Paul's journeys they traveled through the country and they encountered not friendly people. Sometimes we don't think about that much, do we? I mean, there was he says perils, perils in, uh, in perils of the uh, let's see perils of robbers in perils by my own countrymen. In perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, perils amongst false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and in thirst, and in fastings often. And by the way, I believe we do not fast enough in the body of Christ. If you want answers to prayers, read all of the read all of the scriptures that talk about fans. Fasting to seek God's will and how often prayers are answered that are accompanied with fasting and humbling before God. It's really, really amazing. But he was in fastings often in cold and nakedness. Besides those things that are without, that which comes upon me, the daily care of all the churches. So then he, had, he was worried about all of the difficulties in all of the churches that he was Raising up and all of the things that he was doing that Jesus Christ gave him the job of, you know, raising up the Gentile nations, congregations. And, and he, you know, so he says, who is weak? Am I not weak? Who is offended? And I burn not. It's an awful lot, isn't it? Actually, when I, when I read this, I say, you know, I really don't have any problems. I don't have problems like he had and difficulties. But maybe we do. We have a young man living with us that's got a lot of problems. We're trying to help mentor a, 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 man, a young man that we knew when he was about five. He's now 35. He's in the, his parents were in the church. He has got a lot of problems. And, he, and he's also, you know, got this bipolar disorder, and he, he's uh, depressed. And there's a lot of things I can't comprehend, you know, that people go through. I, I, don't, I don't quite know how to help him sometimes i don't i don't quite know how to get to him because i can't heal the problem you know it's difficult but he has a lot of difficulty uh, there's a lot of difficulty and, and by the way you know he's a he is one of i would say millions across this world maybe billions that are struggling with difficulties and i really my heart goes out to him and to uh, to others. But the Apostle Paul, and just think about how many of the books of the New Testament are there for our us to read because of the diligence of the Apostle Paul. He's quite an amazing man. It was from prison that Paul wrote to Timothy. And we'll get there in a minute. It was from prison. And guess what? It was more than jail because they had the shackles on here. The wrists, shackles on the ankles, put him on a boat, and they're going to Rome. And, you know, it's one thing to be a free man on a boat in a storm. It's another man to be a man in shackles down in the hold in a storm. Because if the boat goes down, you go down with the rats. They don't care about that. Paul was in 
you know, in, in that kind of a situation where, guess what? Things were out of his control. Is there anybody besides me that hates things when they're out of my control? I like things to be under control. There are times in life when things get out of our control, and they're beyond anything that we can do anything about. And then what do we do? Well, we have to endure. We have to endure. Paul uh, had to had to do. He had to, what could he do? He had no choice. He could have acted defeated. He could have just given up and renounced Christ, couldn't he? He could have. He could become passive and ah, this is just one of those things and fatalistic. He could remain or he could remain, you know, positive, mentally active and doing something. What he did do was this. He made a deliberate decision to endure. I believe we have to do that sometimes. We have to make a deliberate decision to endure. And thankfully in the process, the work of God kept getting done. The word was preached and he was a witness for Jesus Christ. And I think often we are helpless. We think that we are. We feel that way. There's nothing we can do. But we can't become passive and we can't give up. We have to be those who endure. And I believe that endurance requires a conscious decision. I will deal with this situation. I will deal with this problem. You know, God has promised us that we will be tested, but nothing that we can't bear. Sometimes we think, ah, I can't handle this. But he promises that it will never be greater than we can endure. And, you know, and then along, along with that, then he gives us the help. And guess what? Another thing that's great about God is our trials do not last forever. But I believe when we're through trials that we act kind of like us kids did coming back from that backpacking trip. We were the toughest kids around. You couldn't have whooped us. We could handle anything. We endured the mountain and the rain and burnt pancakes. Just like, you know, in the movie The Cowboys, those boys, they said there's nothing they couldn't do. They had been through it, and they had endured, and they had grown. And as we go through trials, we look back, we will recognize, oh, I've grown. Wow, I can handle that. I can do that. I can do that again. Over here, turn with me to Second uh, Corinthians chapter 2. Oh, I'm sorry, Second Timothy. Second Timothy chapter 2. And we were here a minute ago, but I want to go back here. And I want to pick up in verse 10. And let's read just a few verses. Verse 9 says, Wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto bonds. Notice this. I suffer trouble as an evildoer. He wasn't, but he was going to deal with it anyway. But uh, even unto, unto bonds. But the word of God is not bound. He realized that even under whatever difficult situation he is, he was under that the word of God could still continue. Therefore, I endure all things for the elect's sake. It wasn't just for him. He was now enduring things as an example for everybody else. That they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus 
with eternal glory. What if he what if he had stopped preaching the gospel? What if he had not determined to to endure it and keep preaching the gospel? He says, because there might have been some who wouldn't have obtained salvation, maybe not have heard the word, but he was willing to do it. It is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we suffer. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we believe not, yet he, is his, he, uh, yet he abides faithful, he cannot deny himself. And that reminds me of a scripture in Romans chapter 8. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8. Verse 16, Romans chapter 8. I want to read verse 16 and 17 here at this point. It says, The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. I hope we really appreciate God's Spirit because it's God's Spirit in us that helps us deal with these difficulties. It is the Spirit of God that gives us courage. That's where it comes from. If, verse 17, and if children then heirs, notice that, joint heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. But then notice this little last part of this verse. If so be that we suffer with him. Is it possible that our heirship and being joint heirs with Christ is dependent on our ability to suffer and to endure? And it did say, he that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. I think there's a lot to, uh, there's a lot to that character development that we need for the ability to endure. That if we suffer with him, then we may also be glorified together. I'm sorry. What we do sometimes is difficult. Well, they say if it was easy, everybody could do it. Is there any reason? I believe the reason the church is small. We are a remnant. Because what we do is hard. It's difficult. We go through difficulties and trials and tests. What we do is not easy. It's not. It's not. Simple. And we don't, you know, preach a health and wealth gospel. If we suffer with him, then we shall be glorified with him. Paul was really, really amazing. Um, For Paul, I believe this, that giving up in the face of pain and suffering uh, or even death was unthinkable. He wasn't going to give up. Paul was, was that dedicated because I believe to him it would have meant denying Christ for him to give up. And he wasn't about to have that happen. And I do believe that enduring is a frame of mind that we have to come to possess. And Paul was in change for a reason, and he stood for something, and I hope we stand for something in our trials and our tests and recognize that, you know, the very fact that we go through trials and tests um, is proof that we're God's children and that we're his servants. Paul being in change, it made a statement because of his attitude. You know, Paul was, Paul was pretty bold. And, if, you know, there's one thing about a situation like being uh, in the face of death when you're in somebody else's power and you have no ability to do anything about that. What can you do? You can look them in the eye 
and say, you're, do what you're going to do. I stand for God. He realized he was doing things in defense of the gospel. And he wasn't going to be dragged in with his head down, acting defeated. He was going to stand there and look him in the eye. And he wasn't going to give up. He would go before judges so that the gospel could be preached. Those are powerful. That's a powerful man. That's a powerful message. It's a powerful thought. That is the way that we need to be. You know, um, you can write this down if you're taking notes. Luke 9, 61 and 62 tells us that no man having put his hand to the plow looks back. My thought about that is giving up and quitting is not an option for us. We have set a course and we're moving forward. Giving up and quitting is not an option anymore. We might be in trials and tests. We might be under somebody else's power. We're powerless in in different situations. But, you know, as Paul was. Events may be out of your control as often they are. You may have done everything you can do and still maybe it isn't enough in your mind. But then you realize you're still not finished. You are not finished. You still have to last. You still have to endure. You know what you do if you're a martyr? You know what you do if you're a Christian and you've got ISIS about ready to cut off your head? Think about that. That's not Paul's time, you know. That's our time. What do you do? Are you going to fear? Or are you going to look them in the eye while they take your life? Say, you're not going to, I'm not cowering to you and I'm not, I'm not trembling before you and I'm not going to use fear. I'm not going to be fearful. You know, Satan uses fear. All of that is fear tactics. There's out, that's what terrorism is. It's fear. It's to put fear in us. What does God say to us? He says, I have not given you a spirit of what? I have not given you a spirit of fear. I have given you a spirit of, tell me what it says. Power, love, sound mind, not fear. We can't be fearful. We can't be fearful in our trials. We can't be defeated in the difficulties we go through, the challenge that you're faced. You young people are faced with challenges beyond what we can even imagine through peer pressure. Peer, peer pressure is after you to do what everybody else is doing. Please don't give in. There's a funny thing about the decision to endure when we make it. That it seems to part a courage of its own. It's interesting. It's an interesting thought because either uh, that or it's God's Spirit grants us the ability. I believe that is certainly grants us special strength. You may start out acting like you aren't afraid. You know, you may be acting. And a funny thing happens along the way is you realize, I can go through this. I can do this. And it takes on a courage of its own. You realize you're not afraid. If you're dying of cancer, is suicide an option? Nope. To endure pain and suffering, I have a really good friend of mine in the church in uh, Wichita. In fact, he does all of my booking of my plane flights. He's, he's really going through it right now with cancer. He's had it about seven years, and it, I think the time is coming. But he's not afraid of it. He has a lot of courage. To endure pain with faith and courage is to suffer for Christ. Did you know that? 
suffering for Christ. He was willing to endure that, those things. Um, I think that the Apostle Paul, neither Paul nor Jesus Christ would have had any use for Dr. Kevorkian. They were willing to endure whatever it was that they were what they were going through. Turn with me over here to Second Thessalonians chapter one. Second Thessalonians chapter one. Now this is what we're about right to read here is Paul's commendation to the Thessalonians because of what they were going through. And Paul, being one who had been through a lot of difficulties, he recognized that and he was encouraging them and he was commending them for their courage, for their endurance. And he mentions a couple of things here that I think are really important for us to understand about what it takes to endure. A couple of characteristics. We are bound, verse 3, to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith grows exceedingly. And notice that your faith grows exceedingly. And the charity of every one of you towards each other abounds, so that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith. A couple of things we have to have. Patience. If we're going to endure, we have to have patience. We have to have faith that God will see us through. We have to have that belief. Patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure. That's what the Thessalonians did. And frankly, in a sense, our endurance in the face of trials, persecutions, loss, heartache, illness, difficulties, even you know, dealing with deaths that we do, is actually, I believe this, is a piece of evidence that God can take to court on our behalf. Interesting. You can turn to Philippians 1, 27 and 28. It tells us we're not supposed to be terrified of our adversaries. We're not supposed to be terrified of the difficulties. God does not want us to be terrified or afraid, and he doesn't want us to be afraid of our trials or in our trials. He has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And when we understand that one of the things our adversary wants is that fear thing, then if we can overcome that, we've come a long way to winning. We should, we should not let him bring us down well it's not like this is a a, you know a new story he told his disciples that they would suffer many things in matthew 10 told them that they would uh you know he again he says there in matthew 10 i think it's verse about 22 he says he that endures to the end the same shall be saved but you know it isn't reasonable for us that a leader who's our leader jesus christ would do something or ask us to do something that he isn't willing to do himself. You thought about that? Our Savior would not ask us. He's a good leader. He's a good leader because he he sets us the example. He is going to show us the way. I always love the stories of King David in the Old Testament. You know his men loved him, his soldiers, because he was a good leader. There's a story I know many of you, you know, where he was sitting with his mighty men of valor, you know, and they're in a battle, and he says, "Oh, if I just had a drink of water from, you know, this one of these wells over here." So, what do what do a couple of his mighty men of valor do? <laughs> they go get him the water, and they bring it to him. 
And he did the coolest thing, I think, ever, is they handed it to him, and he took it, and he poured it out. He said, you guys risk your life. No way I can drink this. You risk your lives for me. His men loved him. Our Savior is the same way. He is a is one that really sets us an example. And on the night before he died, and we're just coming right out of the Passover, you know, we've just been through days of unleavened bread. We're, we are coming through those things that Jesus took his disciples. Now, if we think Jesus didn't go through things as he was about to suffer, we have another thought coming. He took his disciples, you know, there into the Garden of Gethsemane. Let's read over here in Matthew chapter 26. Matthew 26, Jesus He says this, um, he, he, he told him, you know, he says, he, he, he said, here, watch with me. Wait, wait with me here while I pray. And in, in verse 36, uh, then comes Jesus with him into the place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, sit here while I go and pray yonder. And uh, he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Again, let's put ourselves in Jesus Christ's place. You know you're going to have to suffer and die. You know you're going to have to die for for something you didn't do. You're going to die as a thief when you're not guilty. You're going to die so that, you know, the Father's counting on you as that sacrifice that is going to bring salvation to mankind and and allow, allow that to take place. And you think he didn't have a lot pressing on him? A lot that he was dealing with. He was very sorrowful and very heavy. He said unto them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. He said, Terry, you here and watch with me. Watch with me. I don't think they couldn't do that. They didn't know what he was going through. To be real honest. They didn't really get it. He went a little further and fell down on his face and he prayed saying, Oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Anything wrong with asking asking out of trials, difficulties? Jesus did. I pray, Father, if this cup be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And then he came to the disciples, verse 40, and he found them asleep. And he said unto, the, he said unto Peter, what? Could you not watch with me one hour? They wanted to. Guess what? Were they the one going through the trial? No. It was Christ. We want our friends along when we're going through difficulties, but you know what I really think about trials and tests when we go through them, when we're really going through them? You're on your own. Between you and God. It's between you and God. And so first he prayed, let this cup pass from me. And then later he asked, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. And finally... The third thing he prayed, if it's not possible, let this cup pass from me, your will be done. Because he wasn't getting his answers. He wasn't getting his answers. And like Jesus, I I hope that all of us grow in our awareness of what we need to endure. Because we need to grow in that awareness. Jesus, uh, boy. But I'll tell you what, there's no need to apologize for tears we may shed when we go through difficulties. There's no need to apologize. I imagine Jesus had some tears. He shed. There's no need to feel guilty when we 
flinch in the face of difficulties and trials. It's okay to want a trial to go away. When he knew that his trial would involve torture and death, even Jesus wanted out of it, didn't he? Hey, do you know he could have? All they had to do, they had, you know, their legions of angels could have come down and intervened. That could have happened. When he knew that it was torture and death, he wanted out of it. But through prayer and tears, in the end, he came to make the right decision, didn't he? (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Yep. He did. He wanted the Father's will. And actually, when we have trials, it's not, it's not wrong for us to want out of them. It's not wrong for us to ask. But we should ask, thy will be done when we go through it. Father, show us the way. And Father, give, us, give me the ability to endure what I need to endure. Like I said, in the end, enduring something that we go through, I think we're on our own. We may want all of our friends around us, but in the end, we are here, and we have to do it alone. We stand alone before God. Of course, I'm not saying that we shouldn't, if you have a way out, not to take it. Sometimes we have a way out. The question is, at what price is it? If we get out, what would have been the price if Christ would have gotten out of it? We wouldn't have had a Savior, would we? What is the price we might have to pay to get out of it? Are we going to cringe? Are we going to weep? Are we going to cry, you know, in the difficulties? What's the price for getting that, getting out of it? You know, like told to the disciples, renounce Christianity and you shall be saved. You can get out of it, right? Don't endure trials and tests. You can get out of them. But will we gain eternal life? I mean, Jesus could have called legions down from heaven. But what would have been the price? He went through the trials and the scourgings, events out of his control. He was subject to... To them, and apart from calling on God to send the angels, there was nothing he could do. Everybody felt like that. There's nothing you can do. We've done all we can do. Or was there? Uh, in fact, I think there was one more thing that he could do, and he did do. As he is, and I hope I would do it, as I'm getting nails driven into my hands and into my feet, I am not sure. I'm looking at those guys. Saying you don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're doing. He stood tall through the difficulties. Looked him in the eyes. And he refused to give them any satisfaction. He didn't give them any answers either. Remember Pontius Pilate and before him they were asking him all kinds of questions. Did he give them answers they wanted? Are you the king of the Jews? Well, you say I am. What kind of answer is that? He didn't, he, you know, he, he was relying on God. He had answers, but not ones that they could deal with. So, with that in mind, turn over here to Hebrews 12. What is the, uh, 
What is the book of the chapter before that Hebrews 11? What do we call that chapter? What? Faith chapter. Do we have any examples of men and women with stamina, ability to endure? Verse 32 says, And what shall I say more? For the time would fail, this is chapter 11, verse 32, to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah and of David and of Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, valiant in fight, turned the flight of the armies of the aliens, Women received their dead raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Did any of them have to endure? Or maybe the better question is, did they all endure? Absolutely, they did. Others had trial of, of, of cruel mockings and scourgings, yet, moreover, out of bonds and imprisonments. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder. The list goes on. You can read all. You can read these things, but chapter twelve says, "Wherefore, or okay, kind of the conclusion to this, verse one, seeing that we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, all those that we have talked about today, Paul, Christ, take some time and read of the valiant men and women of Scripture that recognized they had to endure. We will see them in the resurrection." We will be with them. We will see them. Let us lay aside every weight, the sin which so easily besets us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. The course is set. We can't look back. I just ask every one of you to run your course, run your race. Don't give up. Endure whatever difficulties come your way. You young people, same way. Whatever difficulties come your way, don't give up. Don't succumb to the enemy. Stand strong for God and for truth. For the things that you read today over there in James chapter 1. By the way, that's my closing scripture. Just how that happens. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. For the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Yep. Despising the shame. Remember, he that endures to the end, the same shall be. And he, he is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradictions of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. We have a good leader to follow to set us a good example. And then verse 4 says, There's none of us that have resisted unto blood. I haven't. I might have had some mental distress. might have been some things that were really upsetting to me and difficult to deal with, emotional. But I have not resisted unto blood, striving against sin or standing in the, in the way of difficulties. Drop down here to verse uh, 24. Well, before we do that, 
keep your fingers here because we're going to come back. But here's kind of the bottom line. Romans, we were reading over there in Romans 8. Let's go back there for a minute. Romans chapter 8. Hey, and by the way, I believe our brother Paul, I believe he was from Texas. Because he says in verse 18, for I reckon. I reckon, verse 18, that the sufferings of this present time, whatever we have to go through, are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. We have to keep that in mind. Whenever we're going through trials and tests, read that. Read that. The sufferings that we go through are not worthy to be compared with what we shall receive. It would be greater than anything we can ever imagine, anything that we can ever think about. In Hebrews chapter 12, where we were, go back there. I want to read here uh, verse 24 through 29. And you're going to say, what does this have to do with anything? Well, here it is. It says, and Jesus, and to Jesus, verse 24, the mediator of the new covenant and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel, see that you refuse not him that speaks. For if they escape not who refused him that spake on, on, earth, on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him that speaks from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth. But now he is promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word yet once more signifying the removing of those things that are shaken. We will have our shakings. We will have our trials. The removing of those things that are shaken as of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken, may remain. I hope that's you and me. Let's not be shaken. Let's not be removed from that, from the calling that we've been given. Let's not let trials and tests, difficulties turn us away. Let's be those who endure. Let's be those who learn how to fight, look our enemies in the eye, to say, I will not give in to you. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. It may well be that when you get to the end of your rope, trial, end of your rope, you don't know what else to do. When it seems that there is nothing else that you can do, that there's nothing left to do, that maybe the most important thing that you will do is the next step, which is endure. Endure. Endure, brethren. Endure to the end and be saved. Endure to the end and be saved. James chapter 1. I want to close here. Verse 12, which was, was your last verse, wasn't it? Blessed is the man that endures temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life. Nothing greater than that. Let's endure. Let's make sure we receive that crown of life. Let's follow that example. Jesus Christ said, endure, endure to the end. 
And guess what? Let's receive that which all of us have been laboring our whole lives for. The kingdom of God, salvation, and eternal life. This has been a podcast from the Burlington Congregation of the Church of God International. We hope you are blessed by it. To find out more about CGI Burlington, visit our website at cgiburlington.org.